0: and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the podcast where you will get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by FullBay. If you own or operate a heavy-duty repair shop, you should check out this game-changing cloud-based solution. And you really can have it all. Efficient text, faster invoicing, better inventory tracking, and more time with your family. To learn more, go to FullBay.com H-D-P-R. That's FullBay.com H-D-P-R today. On the Heavy-Duty Parts Report, we discuss how important it is to focus on cost per mile over purchase price. It's a mantra that I've been preaching for over 20 years, but despite the concept of buying high-quality parts and having that impact your overall bottom line by getting better performance, that's an easy concept to grasp, but it does prove more difficult in the real world because sometimes we have economic realities that we have to face And I see over the last 20 years of my experience in this industry, fleet managers, maintenance managers, repair technicians struggling to execute on this simple concept. Could a change in our own perceptions about money help us not only improve our personal financial situation, but also improve our business acumen and help us to build more profitable businesses? My guest today is Vidal Espinosa of Invictus Advisors. Vidal is a unique accountant. He's got a very interesting perspective. He believes that everyone is broke. They just don't know it yet. Vidal, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, good morning. Thank you for the invite.
0: What is the fundamental reason that you feel people are broke? They just don't know it yet.
1: It's plain and simple. People and business owners, mostly business owners, are scared to know their numbers. Simple as that. Most business owners and individuals think that their bank account, it's their financial statement, and they take everything from there. Ultimately, when we sit down with them and show them their numbers, they're broke, literally broke. They're working 24 hours, seven days a week for nothing or peanuts. And they think that they're making millions, and they're not.
0: It's interesting that you talk about being fearful of knowing their numbers, because I've done a lot of business coaching in the past, and I've seen that over and over again. Where does the fear come from?
1: They really know that they're not doing well in their businesses or in their personal finances. So if I ignore, or if I don't open that envelope that has... The uh, bank statement. Then I'm okay. If I don't know, there's no problem. But that's not the reality. If you ignore it, the problem is going to still be there next month and the following month and the following month. You're just living paycheck after paycheck or invoice from invoice to invoice from from what your uh, uh, customers are paying you, and that's it. You're not generating wealth. You're not generating an estate. You're not generating Revenue profit for yourself.
0: Okay, so if we're not going to put our heads in the sand and ignore the problem, what should we be doing differently?
1: Tackle everything head on. If you know your numbers, basically, you're going to be able to make wise decisions in your personal life and in your business. Okay, it's very, uh, I have an example for you. We have one of our clients, they are in the business consulting, right? Business consulting. And we sit with them once a quarter and we show them their financial statements. When I email them uh, their, their monthly financial statements, it's on you, on the client, to open that email that contains your numbers. Mind you, it's not on you to fully understand those numbers. That's why you hire professionals like us to read you that report card and dissect the information that it's containing those numbers. So I sat down with them and they come extremely aggressive to us and they say why are you showing us that we have half a million dollars in profit for the third quarter? And I'm like you do have a mi- half a million dollars in profit. But where is it? it? Is somebody embezzling the money? It do they owe us? I'm like no, the money was sitting in your bank account, but guess what? You spent it. No, I have not spent it. Yes, you have. And I pull out another numbers and here it is. $20,000 here, $30,000 there, a shopping spree in Bloomingdale's for $25,000, a half a $100,000 in furniture. Oh, all, all those are business expenses. I'm sorry, but those are not business expenses. So, they're broke. And they, they just didn't know that they were broke. And I'm like, it's your responsibility to read those numbers. It's too much information. I don't want to deal with it. That's the problem.
0: So I'm just curious in that story, how long does it actually take for you to have that meeting and kind of just interpret the numbers so that uh, a business owner can get their head around the realities?
1: We send financial statements to all of our clients once a month. At the end of the month, we close the books because we don't do bookkeeping. We do accounting, tax planning, financial planning, because everything is cash flow. So by sending them those financials, it's on the client to open that email and review those numbers. If we don't hear from them, we took the proactive action to send them those financial numbers so they know them. They need to be proactive and send us the questions because we don't know what questions they have based on those numbers we are not in their business we're not in their office on a day to day operations so if we don't hear from them we assume that those numbers are in accordance to what they think or they believe their business is doing so when i sit down with them once a quarter to go over that quarter to plan and to project and to do whatever needs to be done as their cfo That's when we realize, hey, there's something wrong, not with your business, but it's you with your being a business owner. And we found out that it's more common than not. Business owners are scared of their numbers because they really know that they're not doing as well as they think they are. But if they don't know those numbers, as you say, their mileage, controlling their expense per mileage, they're never going to be able to control and reduce those costs to make their business more profitable and take more money into their pocket. It's on the business owner.
0: So what is the impact that you've witnessed personally on people in a personal way, like their personal lives? What's been the impact there? I'd love to hear a story about that.
1: Uh, The same client, they realize. That they were overspending in their day to day personally. Now they're trying to control the costs in their business, but we actually proposed to them hey, we're gonna put you in a personal budget, meaning you're gonna have a payroll like every other mortal out there. You're gonna be in the salary and you're gonna live on your salary. Now your business is gonna become more profitable because we're gonna be able to reinvest. Those profits into the business generate more revenue and ultimately generate you more. So it actually changed their, their way of life and it actually made them more accountable on their own personal finances.
0: Earlier in my career, I wrote an ebook called The Blueprint of a Great Business. And one of the things that I talk about in that book is that it's important to look at your business like it's its own entity. You have personal finances. You have a personal budget and personal bank accounts. That's you. That's your entity. The business that you own is is a life form all on its own.
1: It is. We call it, we we actually uh, use a similar example, but we say, hey, if you have kids, your kids don't, they belong, they're yours, but they're not belong to you. Your business is yours. You created the business, you work in your business, but that bank account does not belong to you. Your personal account, it's yours. And it's very common for business owners to commingle business and personal expenses in their business account because it's very easy. I understand it's your money, it's your company, but by doing so, you don't have healthy information to make wise decisions to grow your business. You started a business to generate wealth you did not start a business just to be self employed
0: yeah you you own a business you don't want to own a job <laughs> yeah you're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Vidal Espinosa of Invictus Advisors. Vidal, there is plenty of opportunity for fleets to improve their profitability, and one of the those opportunities is to focus on cost per mile over purchase price when they're buying heavy-duty parts. So this is in the scenario of when they're maintaining the equipment that they've purchased. From an accountant's perspective, is that a wise strategy, and what more can we be doing?
1: It is a wise strategy because if you buy cheap parts and in general, if you buy cheap things, you're going to get what you pay for. Period. Okay, I prefer to invest hundred thousand dollars in a good coach, business coach that is going to make my business grow ten times, twenty times, and I'm going to get a good return on that investment instead of spending a thousand dollars on a online seminar but it's not going to generate anything. So I assimilate those, those that concept to uh, the, the parts and maintenance on your fleet. We have mo- several clients that are in the transportation industry. And one thing that we actually advise them on is your internal controls on that department must be very strict. And each COO or CEO must take a look at that department because you need to project. If you keep a very well maintenance schedule on your fleet, even though it's going to be expensive, don't think like that. It's an investment. You're going to upkeep the life of your fleet. Ultimately, instead of buying a fleet every five or 10 years, it's going to extend the life for a minimum cost. So we think that it's a great strategy.
0: When it comes to creating cash flow, I'd like to dig into that a little bit deeper because I think that there sometimes is a misunderstanding about exactly what cash flow is. Let's start with the basics and we'll go from there.
1: Cash flow is whatever comes into your business as income. Whatever you send the invoice to a client, to a customer, that's the income part of your cash. Okay, cash flow coming in. But everything also has to go out. Now, whatever comes out are your expenses, your investment. Also, you have cash flow coming in if you have uh, loans. If you borrow money, that's also incoming. Okay, That's cash flow. Now, to control your cash flow, you need to be very intelligent strategically on how you invoice your customers and how you pay your vendors. We have customers, we have clients that pay vendors every day. Don't do that. Internal controls. At least only twice a week, twice a week, twice a month on the 15th and then the 30th. You control your cash, your money, whatever it's in your bank account. We actually also open business accounts, checking business accounts for our clients, too. Two checking accounts. The funding account, which is where Every single deposit from your customers, it's going to be accounted for, and that's it. No expenses from that account. You transfer every two weeks into the second checking account, which is your expense account. And you transfer whatever you project you're going to spend on those two weeks. That's it. You control those two checking accounts, your influx and your outflux. That's a great way of controlling. If you don't have any control, use those two. Two checking accounts, incoming, outgoing. That's it.
0: At least then you always know how much cash you've actually got because you're only putting the money in the one account uh, for, for the incoming. That makes a lot of sense. Very simple. I like that.
1: Very simple. And if you add and subtract the balances on those two checking accounts, you have your profit or loss. Simple.
0: This wasn't planned in in our uh, conversation, but it did just come to me and I'd like to ask your opinion. So if you're a fleet right now and you're looking for growth opportunities and you're uh, looking to, let's say, acquire another fleet, when you look at, at cash flow, when you look at what they're reporting as cash flow, like what are some warning signs that you should be looking for or what are some things that we should be thinking about to make sure we make a good acquisition? I think that's really important because there's a lot of things happening in the industry. There's a lot of movement. And I think this something could be valuable to some of our fleet maintenance managers and and fleet owners.
1: It's very simple. Instead of asking for the last six months of financial statements or bank statements, ask for the last 24 months. Okay. If they're hesitant on giving you the last 24 months or 36 months of bank statements, red flag because if if somebody's trying to sell their business they're gonna t- try to increase their revenue in the last six months three months of their business because they want to show you that they're very very profitable or their revenue is increasing. You're gonna buy a business one time 1.5 times the the revenue that they're generating. That's that's a rule of thumb to buy a business. So I would advise 36 months, do your due diligence and review those those uh, the first 12 months of those 36 months because that's going to actually tell you how that business is doing. Now, they're going to try to hold for the last six months their costs. They're going to probably try to segregate some of the expenses. So be very wise and be very, very... Um, Determine on asking that information. Don't be afraid of asking those hard questions. You're buying a business. Okay. It's going to be a substantial investment on a fleet. So also be aware that most of their clients might not follow you. So be very careful, ask them for contracts. If they have uh, 12 months, 24 months, look at review of those contracts that they have with those clients, because that's going to tell you how much Revenue is going to stay when you buy that business. Cash flow important, very important. Okay, so those probably are my two two advice for you.
0: So let's bring it back to the maintenance and the parts. Uh, in that scenario, when you're looking at acquisition, another important thing to look at is the condition of the fleet. Obviously. And if they don't have the same kind of stringent maintenance uh, protocols that you have in place, there's going to be a larger outlay of cash there to bring that fleet up to your standard. So that's definitely something to consider. In your experience with the the fleets that you work with, though, how have you seen a change in the way that the fleets operate and, and maybe the impact on their profitability as you've helped them to implement the strategies that you've been talking about today?
1: Everything comes to internal controls. OK, most fleet owners have no control because they're working on their, in their business. They're not working on their business. They're not business owners. They're business operators. So it's very hard for them to understand internal controls. They don't even follow their internal controls. So by having a structure, meaning a, an operator of the business, And somebody like us, like financial strategists, we help them understand how important internal controls are. You talk about maintenance. Maintenance is very important and they follow to a point all those uh, stringent controls because of the DOT and all the federal regulations, okay? But they they just stop there. They don't go one step ahead that it's going to help them extend the life of the fleet. And that's where we come in. We help them understand that if they invest a little bit more, but they pull from here, so it will cost them more money, it makes sense to them. Maybe we reduce their, 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 their diesel expense by optimizing their maintenance. They don't understand that. They just want to go, 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 go. But if we show them with numbers, it makes more sense to them. So what we do is we show them with numbers, we show them with actual actions, and they, it makes sense.
0: If there's one thing you want the listeners to take away from today's conversation, what's that one thing?
1: It would probably be, know your numbers. Don't be afraid of knowing your numbers. Because wanting to grow your business is just a wish it's not a plan. It's never going to happen if you don't know your numbers or if you don't have actual information data to do so. You just have a wish.
0: That's it. You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Vidal Espinosa of Invictus Advisors. To learn more, go to invictus-advisors.com and the link will be in the show notes. Vidal, thank you for being on the podcast.
1: Jamie, thank you so much for the invitation. It's a pleasure. We're really thankful and grateful for being on your show.
0: Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? Go to heavydutypartsreport.com today to subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating and review on the podcast player of your choice. I'd like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile over purchase price and... <coughs> Let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. hda truck pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel they have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the u.s and canada visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash hda truck pride today to find a location near you again that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash hda truck pride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.